0: hi everyone welcome to psychic connection collaboration over competition and today i have the pleasure and honor of interviewing iris hello iris
1: hi phyllis
0: nice to see you same yes so i always love to jump right in so i will so our first question for you is that you are a seeker of knowledge And, you know, I was very impressed. You started out as a social worker and you have a bachelor's and a master's degree in that. Now, why do you think you were drawn to that
1: field in particular? I was a product of the 50s. I was a 50s baby. And Mm -hmm. uh, anyone born in that generation knows that for women, it was a nurse, a social worker or a teacher. Mm -hmm. And it's not that, you know, we were railroaded. It was just a collective dream that that's all we got. So mm-hmm. it's still pretty rare to move into other fields. And plus, when you want to serve, you you, you find a way. You know? Yeah. And social work served me well for a little while.
0: Yeah, for a little while. Um, but then at what point in your life did you realize that you were intuitive?
1: That came a lot later. My, this is, might sound a little strange, but when people say to me, how did you become an intuitive? My standard issue is that uh, it was it was suffered out of me when um, the the cauldron of suffering uh, sort of hammered away almost everything. And what was left is is this. So um, suffering has a place. I don't want it to have a place much longer in anybody's reality, but it definitely had a place for me. It cleared the um, it cleared away so much and left me with a gift.
0: Wow, so that's how you realized that you had it.
1: But it was much later in life. It was, but much it was, later in life, I yeah, say, like,
0: much later in life, I realized mine too as well. So we have okay. that. Okay,
1: which is really it's it's people can trust us because mm-hmm. we are blossoming later.
0: Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So um, now, do you see similarities in both of your professions? You know, the social work and then the intuitive. Can can you explain that a little bit?
1: You see that the the fundamental similarity uh, is uh, a, a desire a deep desire not to see people suffer mm-hmm. or to approach suffering from a kind compassionate way
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's what the backdrop is for both the, the biggest backdrop um, there's a lot of divergent um, issues from there between the two but uh, the bottom line is, is that kindness seeks a way to express itself to humanity in service.
0: Yeah, very true, being in service, yeah, and kindness and compassion, yeah, use it in both, right? Yeah, yeah. very true, great. So um, you relay that you were instructed by your higher self and two deceased teachers who continue to be mentors for you. Now, how does your higher... Self help you, and how do your deceased mentors give you guidance?
1: It seems it seems to be that uh, because I'm here to try to embody soul, mm-hmm. to, to become soul, to create a body that permits soul to be the the head honcho, you know, mm-hmm. um, that the soul or the higher self is is on with the sessions. As I remove the personality. Um, and, and make way for the soul. The soul mm-hmm. just is the session. The soul orchestrates, the soul is embodied. Um, if I can surrender enough, the soul just does the job. I don't know if I answered that very well.
0: Oh, okay. So you're saying um, it's more your soul that allows you to have your abilities and taught you.
1: It also is me. And well, yeah, your your soul is right. Is yeah. So what I meant by when you I, I can't remember the question right now, but um, it, it's more it's more like I strive to have an identity as an embodied spiritual being, and I've noticed that when with that kind of craving or calling or longing permits the soul to come in and establish a reality um, as the human, so it's uh it's it's fun that way because um, i trust the sessions deeply because it isn't the personality you know known as iris just doing her thing it's the soul the soul of iris right In my experience um i, I hope i'm i'm hoping becoming more clear about that as i get older but that seems to be what's happening
0: okay so you know your soul has taught you but you do talk about um Two deceased teachers that you feel are mentors. Yes, that are also helping yes. you, teaching you. So, h- I guess how wow. do you connect with them, and how, yeah. how exactly do they help yeah. you? Um,
1: you, yeah, know, you in for know. training. Uh, when I when I transitioned um, from more from working with animals to to hu- the human population, mm-hmm. um, the Two mentors made their way uh, to my world, and for about a year, in meditations, trained me in the the ways. And a lot of it was just physical playing. Um, how do I how do I compose myself? How do I hold myself? How do I permit a graduating field where more and more of me knows what it's doing? And there's you know I, because I didn't go to school for any of that there had to be a training somehow. And the, my soldiers seemed to think that that was the best way to do it. So these two beings, um, right. and then in addition with my own mentor, who's now, as a matter of fact, it's her birthday today, Sister oh. Barb, um, uh, she's a third one. And when there's a need to do some, some extracurricular training, mm-hmm. um, there's just, it's just known, you know, I just know that I've got to go in for a while in, in the morning and start to pay attention to whatever's being taught.
0: Being taught? Wow. Yeah. That's really interesting. So yeah, you really relied on your soul on connecting through meditation.
1: Um, very
0: much self-taught.
1: It know? seems to be the way it's given in this life. And I, I don't exactly know why. Well, I have a clue. Um, I think it's part of the conditioning that I had as a, a very poor, poor girl and then married into poverty. So I think some of that was just there wasn't the money available um, right. that I, I could gather together to do the kind of training I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So the universe just said, well, we can take care of that. You know, and then and then the meditation started up. So it was very nice the, of the universe, you know? I love that perspective. Wow, I wouldn't Thank have thought you. about that,
0: but I, yeah, that really makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I love that, um, yeah, perspective. Now, you know, you mentioned that, did you start with animals first? So what exactly did you do with animals and
1: then moved on to humans? I began to, uh, like many, many people, I began to notice, um, I'm losing my word, an empathy Mm -hmm. with the animal populations. started out with cats and dogs, it went on to horses. Mm -hmm. And because I was so curious about a a language that was nonverbal, Nice. I just went deep. I went deeper. I began to listen. I began to sit. I began to ask. And then little by little, the population started coming to me uh, to train me again. It was more of a training. Um, hmm. And there were times when some hands-on would be helpful. But I'm not trained with hands-on at all. It was just a, it's just love in motion, you know. Love finds a way to uh, be equal with whoever we're with. And the animals you know, saw me as not being in a hierarchy with them. They saw me as an equal.
0: As an equal, were you able to communicate with them,
1: almost like telepathically? Or that's one of the skills, this, um, telepathy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, you know, the the, the 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 languages instead of the clears. You know, I just call it feeling, hearing, seeing, knowing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And those are all just fun and I love them so much because they balance out the left brain that seems to be conditioned to do everything. Oh, it definitely. Them.
0: So if, if someone's having an issue with their pet and they just can't figure out what's wrong, would they go to you and say, gee, can you maybe tap in or communicate with my pet so I know how I can help my pet? It's very upsetting to me, yes. You know, what, what can I do to help them?
1: Yes, and the, yes, I can and I do. Sometimes there's a um, what, I, what I've noticed is that a lot of what I do is engage the human, the pets human, in, in a dialogue because it, it, as I dialogue with people, mm-hmm. that the, the field opens up and makes it more easy to read what's going on with the animal.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: couldn't understand that for the life of me, but that's the way I, I go about it. I talk with the human. And, uh, before I talk with any animal and it, it relieves the human, it makes them feel like they're uh, engaged which they are Right. and then it it deepens the communication with the with the animal.
0: That's amazing.
1: That's really no yeah. more amazing than you, Phyllis. No,
0: no, but I, I find it like very amazing it, you know um, I just find it fascinating and I think, You know uh, there are a lot of people who um, their pets are you know like their children and they they so desperately want to help them and uh, that you know be wonderful if they you know could contact you and you you could help them with that like you said have a dialogue and then tune in more to uh, what's what's the issue with their pet oh love that thank you yeah really love that so now one service you provide is a spiritual intuitive session session now your process seems quite in depth, though. So can you elaborate on you know what you do exactly?
1: All of the services that I am given to offer the Earth seem to be seem to be the same process. It seems, and it's just so hard to talk about this because it's it's not that left brain. Um, the only left brain function is to have the, the mind try to step back or find a language to determine what's going on. I ask the mind to help me that way. But more and more, I've discovered that we enter the quantum realm together. Mm-hmm. And I call it, this is going to sound silly, I call it pinning down God's blanket. I just mm-hmm. pin down pin down the, the, the realm that I call God. And then we walk in and we begin to, communicate with each other. And what I found is that the deeper we go in communication, the deeper the soul has permission to to add information if it needs to, to do behind the scenes healing if it needs to, to permit an inner child to show up if the child needs to. Mm -hmm. Um, Often the soul doesn't have to do anything because the field permits the the client, um, the other human, to begin to act as if she were five or 10 years old. It's, I'm not laughing at the person. I'm laughing at the amazing life that we live. Often a child who is desperate to get some help will talk the it's human into having a session. And then because it's safe, it's safe with me because I understand inner children really well. And then then the minute the, the adult starts talking in a safe field or safe environment, um, the child begins to rise up. And then pretty soon, often, The child will take over the psyche and then pretty soon I've got a a little kid, um, you know, having a session with me. And often it's really disconcerting to the human but it happens a lot because the child has needs. And Mm -hmm. it's not that safe of a world for it to enter until it finds a safe environment. And then we do in child healing sometimes. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people want to understand their records and so we'll explore the Akashic, you know, whatever the need is, I just follow people around.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: what's needed. Do they ever change their voice so it
0: almost sounds like an actual child?
1: There's yes, there's a lot of inflection shifting, Hmm. a lot of facial shifting, right? A lot of posture shifting. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's, uh, you know, this if these children are alive, they're not, you know, they're not a figment of our imagination. If they've been traumatized or if they've got gifts and the gifts weren't received, um, they take everything with them and then they just go into a little frozen tundra. Um, until they can't stand it anymore, and then they look for a way to come out. Hmm. Wow. Very. And they're alive when they show up. <laughs>
0: wow. Very, very fascinating. Yeah. This is all new to me, so I, I, I appreciate you explaining it. Yeah.
1: Very, very interesting. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. even wanting to know. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And I think the viewers definitely, and um, you know, people who are listening in, will find it fascinating as well. Yeah. Okay, so another service that you do offer is astrological consultations, and you ask for the exact time, place, and date of birth. Um, can you tell us what the significance of that is, and does it entail, like, do you actually create an
1: astrological chart? I run, I run a number of charts based on the exact time of birth, mm-hmm. and uh, astrology is such a marriage between metaphysics and science, mm-hmm. that I just love it. Because the people that need a science-based modality uh, get that, but it mm-hmm. still permits me to be an intuitive and read from the soul's journey at the time of birth. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it was my very first love at the age of 18, my oh. very first. And I, I just fell so deeply, utterly in love with it that I've been a student ever since. So I don't consider myself accomplished. I, I just finally started offering readings because nobody else was doing it um, near me and mm. people would often hear me talk about astrology and then get excited and then they wanted it. So really? now I now I do offer, um, I offer it to people that know me well enough that they know I'm not a very standard issue astrologer. I am a spiritual astrologer and, and spiritual astrologer. it's just quite wonderful. I, I, love, I love that service. Um, I don't do the math on the charts because it would take me forever. I'm way too slow. But I do, mm-hmm. I do run charts. I prepare charts and I synthesize charts for reading. Yeah.
0: Well, I think people should try it out because that um, you know it could it could say you know so much about their lives, right? At times,
1: you know, everything times. aligns. It, it defines processes that we can't, for the life of us, understand what's going on. Right? Why do I why do I always uh, run around hoping i want to find a mother? You know, mm-hmm. why do I do the same thing in my relationships? How do I undo all that? The chart right. can be read for the significance of the time of birth and and why we chose to have the challenges that we do. Hmm.
0: Once again, very very fascinating. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So now, in um, you created a new service in 2020 called original design but you also call it soulscaping and emergence mapping so you know why do you feel that you were drawn to it at that particular time and was it related to the
1: pandemic i don't know if the emergence of that service was timed with the pandemic mm-hmm. for a number of years i have i i still feel this way i i don't quite know how to manifest yet, but I feel like this service is the, 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 for me, the cutting edge of a manifestation of something extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So about three years ago, I began to know that it would be possible to entrain spiritual presence on another person's field. I know I'm not saying that right. I think I'm missing a word here. Let me try that again. I like to place spiritual presence on a person's presence, presence upon presence, my spiritual presence on their presence. Mm-hmm. It seems to light up areas of the DNA that have that either came in darkened or have remained darkened over time because they have not gotten the best the the, the result the codes necessary to light up the skills that we came in to have. Hmm. So what I'm still not saying this very well but that's okay. What I'm noticing is that placing spiritual presence on a person lights up over time and in divine timing the DNA codes that are waiting in the wings to become part of this consciousness field. Mm-hmm. And it's either, um, it's either very uh, low key, the session, or it's noticeable immediately. This session is surely not for everyone, because mm-hmm. it's not like firecrackers going off, right? But it is trusting that someone else's spiritual terrain deeply wants the awakening of another person to take place, which mm-hmm. I am right and a fundamental cheerleader of everybody's spiritual awakening. So I mm-hmm. take that facet of me and and come um, train it on another person. And from that point the Godhead takes over and mm-hmm. identifies the places in the DNA codons that are ready to, to map, that are ready to come come aboard. aboard. Wow. I've never exactly tried to explain that in an interview, which is why I may have sounded all over the place, but that was okay. I felt okay about what I said. No,
0: I, I thought you explained it well. Um, I, I listened very intently. Obviously. And, um, and it, it made, it didn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it really did. Thank you for that. So well, you offer a lot of really fascinating, interesting, very deep services. So um, what would be the best way for someone to contact you?
1: The, uh, the website is one long phrase, the light and dark of day.com. And mm-hmm. I have a YouTube channel. If you, oh. look, I, I'm trying to have a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. so just like this. Yes. It's a little slow, a little reflective, a little contemplative.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's the, the YouTube channel can be probably found in YouTube under Iris Kristanovic.
0: Okay, so if they want to find you, they can also find you on uh, the YouTube channel too. But if they want to contact you, they'll maybe scheduling a session. Yes. Uh, the website is a good place to go. Right? Yes,
1: and then mm-hmm. I have a, a page on QuantumHealers.com. Oh, QuantumHealers.com, which is well. the BQH, the Beyond Quantum Healing Professional Forum. So I can be found. Oh, some people just Google other ways to find I'm you. In. Yeah,
0: now speaking of that, I found you, we connected through um, New Earth Community Connections in uh, Mendeskla, that's where yes. we um, meet. So now you also offer classes there. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the classes that you offer at
1: New Earth? They're, they're uh, finally called the Wednesday Gatherings. It started out where um, a number of years ago, um, I co-facilitated with Jen Kelder an ascension gathering or a, an awakening support group. And mm-hmm. that has gone, That's still going strong, I think after seven years. And mm-hmm. then I determined that there was a, a need for more Aquarian type gatherings that permitted people to register what it even means to be in the Aquarian age, because mm-hmm. we don't have a register for that. We've been living in Piscean um, stories for a very long time. So I just started doing Wednesday gatherings in uh, there's every Wednesday, um, the first Wednesday is my favorite, it's mm-hmm. called Restoration. And it's it's why I'm on the planet um, mm-hmm. as a way of restoring a paradise, restoring Eden, restoring a place where we belong and we can create harmony. Um, right. Everybody belongs, everybody matters, everybody has a place. And so mm-hmm. it's interesting. I just got um, a little bit of a, there must be somebody around me because I just felt someone caress the top of my head it was just very sweet, Phyllis. I don't Aww. know who it is because I'm not going to take the time to find out. But it yeah. was just very nice. So there's something about restoration that was important that I say what I just said. Yeah. It again, It's really wow. wild.
0: Wow. I think maybe they want people to um, attend You know, your restoration um, class yeah. because I think maybe a lot of people can benefit
1: from it. Everybody, everybody came in with a, a facet of Eden. Everybody. Mm-hmm. And when right. we find out what it feels like to be re-immersed in a higher dimensional frequency, we mm-hmm. want that really bad. Yeah. So I do a, a Wednesday gathering every Wednesday, the second one is astrological, the third one is the ascension gathering, and the fourth one is just called Wednesdays, Wednesday gathering, because it permits the community to continue being with each other on Wednesdays. Oh, we find that it's nice. very, very sweet.
0: Yeah, and I guess you, they form like a real camaraderie, you know, with one another
1: and very welcoming mm-hmm. people can they come and they go. Sometimes they're gone for six months or a year. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes people are just joining now. And right. there, it's a very welcoming environment because I insist on it, Right. I need, I need welcoming.
0: Right, wonderful, yeah. I think uh, we should have more of that atmosphere um, in many places, right? Where people feel okay. very welcome, yeah. So um, I ask all of my guests what advice would you give to someone who wants to explore or expand their intuition?
1: When you find the craving and longing to be intuitive, overpowering and overwhelming, Mm -hmm. it means that you're already crossing that bridge. You don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about discovering it. It's coming organically and naturally through the synchronistic field. The field will begin to Drop pearls in your in mm-hmm. your at your feet, going go here, go there, go there and then right? just follow the clues. To so follow creates it passion. It's even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go toward
0: what you feel you're drawn to. Yeah. Well, that was good advice, definitely. So, Iris, um, we do have two questions that um, you know we we've gotten from viewers. Um, so the first question is from Suzanne. And Suzanne would like to know, do you feel your intuition is becoming stronger with time and does it help you recognize things um, that are maybe, are they coming in even faster?
1: That's a great question, Suzanne. Thank you, whoever you are. Yeah. Um, I, I want to absolutely underscore this, that in my, in my reality, the awakening process Puts all of our gifts on steroids. So I I don't say that I'm becoming more intuitive. I share that I'm becoming an awakening, fifth dimensional and higher being, mm-hmm. and that that just elevates everything. So yes, yes, Yes. Yeah, so yes. Wow. Both the second half of that, Phyllis. Yeah, and
0: um, she asked, does it help you recognize things are coming in faster?
1: Yeah, because the intuition is um, almost like synapse work. It -hmm. just, you just, if you just cross over that synapse and then you're Mm -hmm. in the quantum field where all all the probabilities lie. So absolutely, yes, it -hmm. does seem to be moving quickly, but then time is collapsing also, right? So Mm -hmm. as time collapses, uh, we don't know what's first or what's second, it's just is.
0: It just is, Mm -hmm. yeah, very true. Well, thank you for answering that question. And our last question, our second question, is from Roberta, and Roberta would like to know, do you have advice for us about the pandemic, how to handle the effects?
1: Wow, what a question. Mm -hmm. I just did a a YouTube this morning on the the byproduct of loneliness with Mm -hmm. respect to the pandemic. So Roberta, Roberta, it's really interesting that you would ask that question. Mm -hmm. I need to take a breath here because my soul wants me to answer that with um, respect and clarity. Okay. So if you'll just give me a moment. Oh, sure. sorry to do this to you. No, no, no. Not at all. Take your time. Take your time. It's such a beautiful, perfect question. Okay, this is what wants to be said. That it would be really possibly helpful to consider reframing everything we we think is true with the left brain mm-hmm. about the impact of the pandemic mm-hmm. that every aspect of it is possibly reframed to elevate a living field that we are growing into not in spite of the pandemic but because of it mm. it seems to be offering us every every possibility or probability that we crave in a way that life could not offer us until the pandemic hit. Because I think when we were born, we um, immediately forgot what we remembered. Mm-hmm. And then we went under, I call it a trance state or a drugs induced coma of being a 3D human. And we could not easily come out of it without something so significant that mm-hmm. it created um, an isolating frequency that then became a, um, a cauldron or a container for our mm. evolution. So I see, uh, I see that as a very beautiful thing, very mm. painful and very beautiful, horrible and beautiful both. These are really beautiful questions. Yeah. I'm so um, honored yeah. to ask them.
0: Oh, well, we're honored that you're answering them so eloquently and uh, with so much knowledge and, and passion as well. So we really appreciated that. But I am sorry that our time is up. So I would just like to repeat your website once again, because uh, anyone you know, watching or listening uh, can contact you, please, because I, I feel you have so many wonderful things to offer people. And it's uh, www.thelightanddarkofday.com. Yes. So thank you again, Iris. It was truly a pleasure. Thank you, viewers, and thank you, listeners. And if any of you have um, questions you would like to send in uh, for our guests that are uh, coming up, please send them to www.readingsbyphillis.com. And hopefully uh, your question will be chosen to be answered. So everyone, thank you. Thank you again, Iris. Listeners, viewers, thank you. And everyone, God bless and take care.